Hello and welcome back to the Remote Teacher Podcast. Today, I'm lucky to be interviewing Helen Ockerby, Regional Manager of Shooting Stars, with years of experience working and living in remote communities. So, can you tell me a little bit about your background and how you ended up with Shooting Stars? Uh, yep, I have been working in the sport and rec industry for about 15 years now. Previously worked with Gondola, which is an Aboriginal sporting organisation that delivers sport rec out to grassroots communities across the Kimberley region. And then I did a, a bit of other things like domestic, women's domestic violence, tourism, and then I thought, oh, my passion is still back in the sport and rec industry. And then um, a job happened to come up with shooting stars at the time back in 2015. Um, and applied for it and got it. So been working for them for about, or going on four years now. They're a new program within Western Australia, working in the space of engaging young Aboriginal girls with the education system. Yeah. So powerful. I remember I was back in Halls Creek during that time and we were wishing and hoping for a girls program like that. And that's when you guys started up. Yeah, well. yeah. So they started like a pilot in 2015, mm. yeah, um, in Halls Creek. Uh, Fitzroy and Derby yeah. and then moving on to 2016 Halls Creek just happened to be one of the schools to pick it up and think it was mm. suitable for their school um, and it's just been going strength to, or strength to strength um, since being implemented fully yeah so thinking of the students that you work with or the young females that you work with then what strengths do you see in Aboriginal girls that you mentor or work with um Personally, like I see there's a lot of resilience, um, mm. there's, particularly in the remote communities because there's not a lot around other than service providers coming in, doing a one-off service and then mm. m- removing themselves from the community again. Um, so they have to have that resilience to be able to keep going in community life. You know, just their will to learn anything as well. So if you put them in a good mm. space, um, the girls are really receptive to what's going on and they have a say and they do you know, want to hear their voice being heard. So um, I've found that they're probably the most two things that come out of all the girls that we work with. Mm. And I think what you raised about um, the other service providers coming and going is really important for people to understand that yeah. the girls aren't going to trust you straight away because they've seen people like them come and yeah, go Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. So I grew up on a remote community, um, a couple. Mm. So I spent a lot of time in one point as a teenager in Lombardina, um, and then I went away for boarding school, um, so I really know mm. what services do come into Aboriginal remote communities and smaller towns as well, um, and the impact they have. Some of them do have a really good impact over consistency and time that they've been able to build relationships within community, mm. um, but there are a lot of changeover in what government wants and what service providers wants and changeover in staff over long periods of time um, is a big issue as well. So some things and projects aren't seen through um, because of the changeover in staff. So, um, yeah, that, that's probably one of the biggest things um, young people and communities struggle with uh, is that consistency from service providers. Yeah. Mm, very true. And I, I like that when we open an interview like this, we're talking about the strengths as well because it's easy to focus on the fact that those programs come and go, but that those girls bounce back and that yeah. they overcome those problems themselves. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and I think that's where people like myself who um, work in this space have, mm. we, you know, it's an obligation and of personal interest that um, we build capacity in community and be able to identify local role models and build their strengths and, you yes. know, get them into roles where they're able to take over um, 
positions instead of you know getting other people to come in mm. they can take on the positions and be responsible for their own futures and generating um that self pride within communities so mm. yeah brilliant and that's something that students does does isn't it your local workers are definitely okay. yeah. so um we've got eight sites we've just opened another one in leonora um over the week we've got eight sites across western australia they work in predominantly remote and regional towns um, and communities. And in the Kimberley, we have Halls Creek and Derby, and both sites have Aboriginal staff. So we're 100% Aboriginal in the Kimberley yeah. um, and very targeted as well. So I actively go out and seek local Aboriginal women to be involved with the program. Um, and if the skill set's not there, we definitely work towards building the skill set and putting them in positions to um, strive. So, for example, one lady in Derby, um, Kirsten, she started off as a trainee about three years ago. Um, she did a Cert 3 in Sport and Rec, and now she's the program coordinator at Derby. So she's gone through the process of training, being an assistant the following year, mm. um, putting her with someone strength-based as well to be able to build her up for that uh, 12 months, and then she stepped into a site coordinator position. So that's a big win. and. We want to do um, or work that model across the state. Mm. And then the girls see you putting your money where your mouth is. Definitely, they? Yeah, yeah. They see a local Aboriginal woman, someone mm. that you know is either related to them or um, has been in the community mm. for a very long time, succeeding. And um, a big thing is to create role models so yeah, girls can mm. emulate that and Pass be that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, brilliant. How is Shooting Stars unique and in what ways do you fill a gap for the young remote girls? And I think you've kind of touched on that in regards to that pathway for girls. We're operating in a different space to how other programs um, deliver their program. Our backbone is looking at the research we do as well. We have a research arm using mm. yarning circles, which is an Indigenous method. Um, and we give the power to our young participants to be able to talk and yarn about what's going on in their community, how they see their futures. Um, and then collating all of the data that comes from that yarn through transcribing them and writing reports and being able to direct back into how we deliver our program. Yeah, though the yarns have been going for about three years now, so we have a, a built database to work off. Um, in the next 12 months, it will definitely get a bit more ground to it. So mm. there'll be a set process. We're just waiting on access ethical clearance to tick the last box. Um, yeah. We've got you know clearance for our first initial yarns and going out into... Um, our sites to conduct them. Um, mm. The next part is, you know, where does the process lead and what does it look like? How yeah, powerful so it's is that though, for the girls to actually feel heard yeah. and actually come from their words? Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, and, you know, communi community can read it, the girls can read it, and they can yeah. see where we've been able to action what they're talking about. Yes, yes. Yeah, and that's important because for far too often we've got, you know, organisations and, like I say, service providers coming in and just mm -hmm. doing stuff that is off statistical data and things like that without having actual talks to community or the girls and seeing what they want firsthand so that's yeah. that lo location based stuff yeah. isn't it yeah it's not just based. shooting stars does what shooting stars does yeah no it's very it. different every oh. site is different um so oh, yeah, yeah. Mm, that's so unique and exactly what should be happening with a lot of services yeah what is a shooting star's mentor's role in schools? Do you support clients in t class and if so, how? Like how can um, teachers listening to this podcast link in with you and use you as a support? Yeah, um, so obviously site-based. Um, we are based in the schools. 
we operate out of um, a safe space friendly face area so we have a shooting staff room in each of the schools we also offer support in classrooms so um, similar to the Aboriginal TAs that uh, operate in the classes mm -hmm. um, but ours is more like we're there for a short time to help get this young person in back into the flow mm -hmm. yeah um, and then we step away because we understand that the teacher has a role to play as well mm. and the young person needs to build that relationship with the teacher um, and not just us taking over and that person depending on us so much mm. um, so yeah we, we mentor in the classroom teachers quite often use us as a middle person so they'll ring us or give us a text or send a young person to say you know I need time out for a little bit we work with that young person either talking or on whatever work that they're not getting at the moment and then give it a window of 10 to 15 minutes or it could even go up to 20 minutes working with them individually and then we're like okay we need to go back to class now mm -hmm. we're going to sit with you for the next 10 to 15 minutes in the classroom yeah. um, and then we're going to leave you so that they understand that this is the process and mm -hmm. they know that we're going to walk away at the end of it um, but we'll later go and check in on with them um, during recess and lunch and stuff like that. Being aware that number one the participant has a role to play in this and number two we'll be respectful of the teacher space as well so great we're a great partnership do you support teachers as well in regards to understanding student um, backgrounds and needs and yeah definitely yeah we built quite strong relationships with all our participants to understand mm -hmm. you know what are the barriers to them coming to school quite often yeah. um what are the barriers to even you know, life in general, because we, we want to know so that we can make life easier for them coming to school, because whatever's happening out in community is obviously affecting them stepping into, um, inside the school grounds. Mm -hmm. um, so we also sit on, you know, school attendance teams, um, have chats with the school psychologists about any concerns. Um, we have quite strong relationships, particularly with the uh, vice principals um, and year coordinators. So those are probably the four main partnerships that are really strong for us. Um, and another one is your local Aboriginal um, leader within the school space. So making sure that we, we have connection with them as well. And just being open and transparent about what's going on because nine times out of 10, a lot of our employees are experiencing what's going out in community. Mm -hmm. So being able to come or, you know, our staff being comfortable in coming into school to be able to relay that message, you know, this is what has happened what can we do about it together so mm. that they take initiative and be part of that process as well. So And so you're feeding back information from all those sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the advocate. Um, a grapevine. Mm, brilliant. <laughs> For everyone. Um, and it works, it works. And I think the way we've gone out and actively seek, you know, community members to be a part of the program is key to our success because, yeah, like I said, they know what's going on, they know the families, they generally know the young people already before we need to establish a, rela a relationship, yes. and if not, it's quite easy for them to relate to as well. Uh, and so it's not stepping on anyone else's toes in the school area. No, the no, and a main, yeah, a main mm. thing for us is always making sure that we're working with people, mm. not again people or you know without people as well um, and meeting that community yeah. need like you spoke yeah. about yeah. yeah what do you think teachers need to do to get the most out of the young girls at school I think personally they need to be involved with community if young people can see you 
outside of the school grounds they um, see you in a different light and they respect you in a different manner. Um, it could even be, I see a lot of male teachers jumping on the footy team. In Halls Creek we've had a lot of um, female teachers come down and play Monday Night Rock Up Netball, you know, so the girls are understanding that there are other sides to the teacher mm. um, and just thinking outside of the box like you don't have to I mean obviously you have a curriculum to teach to but we do realize we're in remote communities you know mm. um, there are other ways of achieving things so and you need all. students on board before they're ever going to definitely learn anyway so. yeah definitely mm. I mean you could be teaching science out on country instead of inside the classroom yes. yeah Yes. Uh-huh. What are the traits of the best teachers that you've seen in remote communities? What do they What do they do or act or think other than that going out in community? It's really hard because like everyone comes with a unique, different skill set. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen some really strict teachers where they've got a whole classroom in line and that works for that teacher, you know? Yeah. Um, and she, she's generally a middle-aged lady who's got a bit of authority and the kids respond to her differently. Mm-hmm. And then you get a young teacher come out from the city and they're fun and the kids respond to that teacher differently as well um i think you know the biggest trait is just be yourself be respectful be open-minded um ensure that you know if you're going to a remote aboriginal community or community school that you're in connection with the local protocols and culture and um, get yourself on board a local aboriginal person to kind of advocate for you teaching there as well that's a big thing because quite often you know teachers go into town and they're not seeking anybody they're staying in their little bubble so Mm. yeah that's probably the best ones I've seen as active teachers going out what are the traits of the worst teachers that you've seen in the community what are they other than the staying in the bubble low expectations is one sense of not wanting to share so particularly other teachers that come from different cultural backgrounds Mm -hmm. already there's a third space like we talk about working in two two worlds or two ways two-way learning with um, you know Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal teachers coming together there's also a third space with the people coming from a different third language or something like that where young Aboriginal kids have to adjust to again um, so if they're open-minded about their culture and where they come from and um, who they are young people might understand that oh well they're just like me you know they're um, Indigenous to their own homelands and this is their protocols and invite them to share as well so that there's a better understanding um that's probably been yeah because you do get um i've seen it where you know someone's come into the community and they've interpreted something differently because of miscommunication yes Yes. um or the local kid has you know told this teacher to say or do something because Mm -hmm. they're trying to trick them so if you're just open um to learning from each other, that's probably the best thing. Mm, and I think yeah. that relationship with Shooting Stars Mob and um, your TAs and everything helps you understand yeah, the culture definitely. that you're in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last question, what tips do you have for new teachers to work with your shared clients and in communities without Shooting Stars? Um, there's lots of things you can do. Like a big thing for me is always wanting to do or go the extra mile. Mm. Um, we find a lot of teachers go out to remote communities and it's going to be more enjoyable for you as a teacher Mm. to learn about the local knowledge and culture Mm. so I'd encourage you know anyone if you're going into um, local Aboriginal communities or remote towns go and learn about the culture get involved with it Um, it can be your 
probably the best times of your life. So you're going to learn, you know, mm. the local swimming spot, you know, make lifelong friends, experience other different haven't things. Been to, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, don't stay in your bubble. Mm. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. And you, once you're done, I mean, regardless of whether you're there for just a small period of time, you've got to make it enjoyable because it mm. can be quite harsh. Yeah. And then your experience the is something you're going to go share with everyone. So exactly. you want to be able to yeah. take the positives as yeah. much as sometimes there are negatives. Yeah, and yeah. And, and there will be days of, you know, where you're mm. worn out. Um, it's been a tough week, month, year, whatever it is. But if you can find a positive in it, um, it's only going to make your experience even greater. Because so. like we've said, there is so many positives. In yeah. It, and the resilience of the girls and the yeah. beautiful people. Yeah. And you meet different people um, mm. right down from, you know, your local support staff to different teachers that have come into the school environment. Um, mm. You have to make them your family and, yeah, yeah that, that will make support, life easier. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I tell the Shooting Stars girls as well. Like, if you're bullying someone or, you know, putting them down, it's not going to help anybody. Um, mm. You need to be able to say that, you know, when Year 12 comes around, that's my sister. Mm. And we've worked really hard over the last five years to build a relationship and we know that if you at any you know need any hand or help or um, want to reconnect later on in life, mm. you're able to do that on good terms. So yeah, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. Thank you so much, Helen. That was Helen Ockerby from Shooting Stars in the Kimberleys, WA. If you'd like to find out more about Shooting Stars, please visit their website or contact Helen. You've been listening to the remote teacher podcast we have a tpt store with differentiated novel study packs suitable for remote aboriginal children we have a youtube channel we also have online courses to help you be better prepared for your time in remote communities make sure you join us on teachers in remote communities on facebook so please check out our different links that will be in the show notes and we look forward to you joining us next time.